Shumrabyug. Falcharash Korean Shumrabyug is Misha Miki of Michal McRoyd. On characters far and Aaron. Augustami is Shasha Shumrabyug, Arish. Leshan, Leshan Far and Dug in Sheet. On Sosanak Byug is Ben. Yeah, it's Misha A. Sosnagin. Sosnagin. The little Englishman. On Sosnagin for. <laughs> of course, ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined in the tiny room this week by noted podcast favourite, Michal McRide. How are you doing, Michal? It's Mission Michal McRide. Yeah, uh, who gets more and more like Rick from Rick and Morty every single episode he's on. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to Michael I can't do the voice and the Irish at the same time. I can do one or the other, but I can't do both. <laughs> this is the theme music. Theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. <laughs> Very good. Well, look, Benjamin. Benjamin, if that fucking travesty hasn't put people off the podcast, nothing will. That was the worst intro we've ever had in yeah. the history of this podcast. There'll be no fucking listeners now, Ben, so we can do whatever we <laughs> want for the rest gone. of this episode. And I can't blame them. Uh, I can't blame them. Yeah, that was very bad. I do apologize. Oh, it's very. That was. That was it's very hard, Ben. It's very hard to do a funny voice at the same time as doing a different language. Yeah, no, that's 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 two conflicting uh, goals. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Not great, Michael. You know, the whole point of Michal McRide is that he has a funny voice and he pronounces things in a funny way. But then that's just Irish, isn't it? Doing a funny voice and <laughs> that pronouncing is literally things. you have defined the Irish language there, Michael. <laughs> it's um, just uh, quite a few Gwelgors that have just tuned out completely. It's just like, English okay. in a funny voice and pronounced in a funny way. <laughs> Categorically untrue, ladies and gentlemen. Happy shocked in the Guelga to anyone who is at all interested in that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we're approaching, ladies and gentlemen, that most sacred of Irish days, St. Paddy's Day. Yeah. Um, and of course, we're not having it again, lads, because fucking COVID. <laughs> I tell you what, Ben, it's a year. We're on our one year anniversary of uh, distance podcasting. Yeah, do you remember that one? Remember when we used to make jokes about lock-ins? We had an episode called Bleeding Lock-In because we thought it'd be funny to go back to the digital tiny room. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, but hilarious. Benjamin, but Benjamin, of course, we've always been doing it this way. Look, we're, we're, we're trailblazers, Ben. But we're only trailblazers in so much. I can't speak today. I thought it was the Irish thing, but it wasn't. It's just, <laughs> just I've, lost co- I've lost continents. Benjamin. Um, coherence, I meant. not con- I haven't shat myself. Benjamin. <laughs> What are we talking about? Speaking of trailblazers, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be on next week. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, and again, Michael, I'm I'm not sure I care. Ah, look, Ben, go on. You talk about it there. So we got a little we got a little teaser again, Michael, um, and it came in the form of of the the big three, Michael. And you'd think you'd think, Michael, if you were a Marvel fan in any way, you might say, "Oh, bloody oh, Thor, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, and Iron Man." Oh, I've done four you know, there, I think. You've done four there, but that's all right. You can have the big four, Michael. There's probably a big four somewhere. Mm. And no, he doesn't say that at all, Michael. It's uh, aliens. Androids. Wizards. Androids and and wizards. And of course, Michael, of course, they have a little witty tete-a-tete then. tete-a-tete. Where Bucky is like, there's no such thing as wizards. How do you know about Lord of the Rings? And then Bucky does like a 
a Tolkien flex. Yeah, 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 yeah. On him, where he's like, I read the original in 1937 when I was alive. Yeah, because I was alive Um, then, if you remember. I was frozen in time. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, weird. That's a weird joke. (laughs) Um, You know, just to show that I'm an old man, even though I was technically defrosted before Steve Rogers and have actually done a lot of missions and lived by myself for a long old time. And I just found it very strange, Michael, as a joke. I don't think he has um, done a lot of missions and lived by himself for a long time. He did the 90s. Yeah, but they refrosted him. Oh, every time. They refrosted him between missions, uh, so he, he was cryogenically frozen. Never mind then. So he hasn't aged. Never mind then. Yeah, so he'll be fine. Never mind the then. The whole thing, Ben, seems to be built around them annoying each other. Um, Michael, I did watch it and think they should have a podcast. They should have a podcast it's, together it's where they annoy each other. very similar to the type of humour that we would have. Wizards yeah. don't wear wizards wear hats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not oh, sorcerers. I'd be a bit upset if that was the best we could do. To be honest with you, I, I think uh, funny voices—that's where we really shine. Funny voices and native language characters. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's our little niche. Something good and offensive. Good, <laughs> just to make sure just, everybody leaves with a slightly sour taste. In their yeah, mouth. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just really offend the native language of our country and heritage, and just really muck it up. That's what we. That's where we focus. That's where we do our best work. <laughs> that's our sweet spot. Yeah, Benjamin. Um, yeah. Do you think though that? And I know you do because we've talked about this nearly every week. <laughs> there's not as much excitement about this because it's not as high concept as Wandavision. So. I, I don't think it's going to land as as well, Michael. I don't think it's going to... to t- tell me something. Go what on. is the popularity of the Falcon within the MCU? Is, uh, is he a popular character? Yes, I believe he is, Ben, but it's almost impossible to answer that because how could you tell? There's very little metric. Fair. He has yeah. been in three of the top five highest grossing films of all time. Which is good work for yeah, you know, yeah, you know, good for, good, uh, good for Anthony Mackie, and he seems to be a popular and beloved character. Um, he has action figures, and they sell. Right, he, but it's very hard to tell with a side character in in a, a huge ensemble piece like that how popular that side character is, and this will tell us really. I I know that Bucky has the shipping community behind him, mm. Mm. but I and, don't know if. Sam Wilson has the shipping community behind him. Well, there's that. But there's also the fact, Ben, that I have seen way more Winter Soldier cosplays and costumes than I have yeah. Falcon. Now, Ben, that might be reflective of the white-nosity of the country that we live in. Yes. Um, that people tend to stick to Bucky here. And maybe if you went to a more racially diverse country, you would see more Falcons. Hmm. But Ben, that assumes that you have to dress the same race as your as your cosplay character. Oh well, that's a whole can of worms, Michael. That's that we're not many, opening today. We won't go into that, Ben. Not today. Not today. Not after that embarrassment of an Irish insult as an opener, Benjamin. Though, yeah, we've probably skirted. Yeah, that. let's <laughs> let's leave culture alone for the rest of the day, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that the new show will fan the flames of fan disappointment? In the same way that WandaVision did, uh, Michael. I think I think you've just I think you've just come across a brand new segment. It's our new to segment. Replace then. The audacity. <laughs> um, we now have fanning the flames. Fanning How the to flames. disappoint your fans, even though it's not really your fault. Yes, 
Not how to disappoint your fans. How to f- how to fire your fans up so much that they end up disappointing themselves. I know it's a real it's a real art, Michael. It's, it's a real art. Ben, it's funny Look, because you have been going on about this for years, and anytime you've brought it up in the past, I'd be like, "Oh, here goes Ben on another one about pandering to fandoms." For God's sake. And you used to bring this up all the time in relation to what was once your favourite television show, Richard and Mortimer. Oh, yes. Richard and Mortimer. Oh, it's not Richard, show. is it? It's Ricardo. <laughs> it's Ricardo yeah. and Mortimero. Yes. The Spanish language adult comedy. Yes. Do you want me to do an insulting voice in Spanish? No, no I okay, don't. Right, I no, won't then. No. Fine, I won't then. Racism is my thing on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. You no. start stepping on my toes. <laughs> Hola, soy Michal McRoyd. <laughs> oh, Jesus. First of all, it would be soy Miguel McRoyd. <laughs> no, no, I'm still you know. Michal McRoyd, even when I'm in Spanish. <laughs> it's a, it's an insultingly Irish character who happens to speak Spanish that I've created. My mother was a Spanish. Si. And my father was an Irishman. And my um, mother was also Irish. <laughs> okay, and that's the Spanish listeners going. Mm. So <laughs> we're just working our way through. Working our way through them. I think, Michael, we've basically just confirmed that Mephisto is going to be in um, <laughs> Winter Soldier and Falcon because they mention wizards and sorcerers. Very so cool. I think it's fair to say yes. that Mephisto has started a terrorist organization um, and he's going to be revealed to be the mastermind. He yes. brought um, he brought Zemo back from the dead yes. with the power of the soul, soul stone. stone. Soul Stone. Let's go with yeah. Soul Stone. Soul Stone. Zemo wasn't and dead, though. The, the penultimate boss for Winter Soldier and the Falcon will be the two young fellas from WandaVision. Yeah, and Nightmare, the character Nightmare, played by Neil Gaiman himself. And at the end, uh, Doctor Strange will come in and say, Stop this. I've I've come to bargain. I'm telling you two guys, I'm here, I've flown in from America where I am from, and I'm telling you guys to stop doing this battle. I don't have time for this. I'm the Sorcerer Supreme. God damn it, guys, I am the Sorcerer. I've seen one million different outcomes, and all of them, have, I've never learned the accent. In any it's of the quickly outcomes. devolved into the bashing, com- the Cumberbash podcast. <laughs> yeah. Look, Benjamin, it is interesting, though, because you used to go on about this all the time about Richard and Mortimer. And I used to think you were a bit of an exaggerator. But it's really come to the fore in WandaVision. And the, the, the audacity, Ben, to harken back to the audacity, the audacity of some people not liking that ending of WandaVision because it didn't match up to the mad expectations that they had yeah. come up with in their heads. Now, I've nothing against Ben not liking it for its own its own merit. Like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. if you were disappointed that it came down to laser battles as usual, fine. Yeah. But if you're disappointed that Evan Peters didn't bring the whole Fox X-Men and Michael Fassbender's Magneto <laughs> and also Ian McKellen's Magneto and Mephisto and Nightmare, uh, you're a lunatic. You're f- Yeah, well it's just you don't get to there's a reason certain people get paid to write things mm, <laughs> it's it, do you know what i mean the level of restraint required for a lot of those marvel writers must be intense cuz obviously you have some you have some hardcore fans sitting there being like oh i get to write this i could put mephisto in it and then you have to be like no no i couldn't put mephisto in it that would be silly yeah just put dormammu in it and have him be a big face yeah, but then don't forget, like, you have to have Kevin Feige drop into the writer's room every five minutes and be like, don't forget the laser battle. And you'd be like, oh, well, actually, 
Kevin, we were thinking of taking a different tactic. Don't forget the laser battle. Put a oh, fucking okay, laser Kevin, battle put, in it. Yeah, now. put the laser battle in or else it gets the hose again. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, that's that's a tough working environment, Michael. But I don't know if this show is going to have the same level of what the fuck is going on. Well, it's not um, going to fan the flames as much as what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, it, the the premise, as you said, was high concept in WandaVision. It's not... I having not seen the show, Michael, I can't say with 100% certainty, but I'm guessing it's not going to be as high concept. It's going to be far closer to a, a bloody Jack Reacher, a Jack mm. Ryan Shadow mm. recruit with yeah. some wings and a metal arm. Yeah, and Ruby um, Rose. And a Ruby Rose. Yeah, because there's a new SAS thing on Sky yeah, that we keep getting ads for. Yeah. Where Ruby Rose proves, yet again, Michael, yeah. she's just a wooden board with a different haircut in every goddamn thing she same, does. Same haircut. It's the same haircut. Oh, God. Anyway, Ruby Rose is back on television. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know if they're going to be given as many opportunities to be like, oh, it was Have Agatha all along. Having said that, Ben, Captain America the Winter Soldier, not Captain America the Winter Soldier, Captain America the Civil War, Captain America, he's having a fight with his mates. Um, scrap. Yeah. yeah, was one of the best... Um, was one of the best subversions of that trope we've seen in Marvel where you thought he was going in to do a big laser battle with all the other super soldiers and he'd have to team up with Iron Man and and Winter Soldier and they'd have to fight all these and then they got there and they were all dead and they just had a fight between the three of them. Yeah, they all ripped each other apart, Michael. Yeah, but in a quite a small scale fight. Yeah, they had their own little personal, their, their little personal demons came out to play, Michael, and we had a little bloody scrap. Yeah, I wouldn't be enormously surprised to see a big epic battle in this, but that might not resolve the plot. I think the plot might be resolved with shenanigans. Yeah, so Winter Soldier will come across Zemo and say, have you heard of the ship of Theseus? Have you heard of the ship of Theseus? Have you heard of the broom of that guy from Only Fools and Horses? The broom of Del Boy? Yeah, no, the, who's the who's the old guy in Only Fools of Horses, Ben? I've never the seen it. The broom of Grandad or yeah. the broom of Uncle Albert. I think it might be Uncle Albert, but yes. Anyway, why, are, why are you making it Only Fools Because and it's horses? a famous Only Fools and Horses thing that happened in Only Fools and Horses where they had an argument about if they replace the handle and then later replace the head, is it the same brush? <laughs> Only Fools and Horses is way ahead of vision, Ben, in your metaphysical... That's the deepest cut, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very famous. It's a famous segment. That's an obscure BBC 70s <laughs> joke. Yeah. Well, it happened. Look it up. <laughs> that's it. We've peaked. We've that's peaked. it, Michael. Now, Benjamin. Yeah. I think that's the end of the segment, Fanning the Flames. Benjamin, you have said there that the people who are paid to write on television are highly paid professionals who show a lot of restraint and therefore <laughs> we should trust them. Do you I think that's... It- Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, do you think that's all the, always the case, Ben? And unrelated to that question, have you seen Star Trek Lower Decks? <laughs> so, Michael, I was I was watching Bob's Burgers, as I want to do, Michael. Bob's Burgers is my wind-down show. Bob's or Burgers Benjamin, is my... Huh? As, we, as we call it in this podcast, Robert's Hamburgers. Robert's Hamburgers, Michael. Yes. Robert's Steamed Hams, Michael. Yes, very good. Simpsons, I've seen um, And, you know, I often watch that to, to have a little wind down. And then, Michael, I saw, oh, you like Bob's Burgers. Perhaps you like. And I saw Lower Decks, Michael. And I mm. went, oh, that's interesting. Somebody's taking the piss out of Star Trek. But then, Michael, yes. having watched it, they're not taking the piss out of Star Trek. It is Star Trek. It is Star Trek. It's Star Trek taking the piss out of itself. 
Now, Michael, if I was a Star Trek fan, yes. I don't think I'd like that show very much. Benjamin, why don't you tell us and the listeners a little bit more about it before we give out about it? Fair enough. Um, so the the lower de- the lower decks the lower decks that's fine. You can say that. The lower decks is a, a televisual cartoon, mm-hmm. much in the style of a Family Guy or a Rick and Morty. I think they're very much going for a Rick and Morty vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's Rick and Morty. It's Rick and Morty. It's it, Ben. I want you to do me a favor. Go on. I want you to imagine that the show, the very popular among the kids show, Richard and Mortimer. Yes. Imagine that that show, which is very popular and successful and makes a lot of money, imagine yes. if that was in Star Trek. Oh, that'd be awful. Yeah, no, that would be, we'll call it Lower Decks. <laughs> so what it centers around, I suppose, is the support crew of, of one of the huge, en- uh, not Enterprise ships, what are they called? Starships. Starships, yes. Of the S- Starfleet. Starfleet, Command. that's right. Yeah, well done. Good. Am I right? Am I, am I getting there? Starfleet, yeah. Um, and what it is, Michael, is just tons of in-jokes about the Star Wars universe. Star Trek. You've Star lost Trek some, universe. You've lost some like, listeners that's what I said. There. I was testing you. Uh, and yeah, basically, you can imagine it. It's like, oh, those elite people on the upper decks. Oh, they don't know what real space adventuring is about. And it's just, if you enjoy the philosophical elements of Star Trek. If you mm-hmm. enjoy the decorum and the codes of honor and you know the 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 rules of Star Trek. If you like the world it's built yes. as like noble star voyagers um going across the universe, this is a real spit in your face <laughs> to that because it just belittles all your favorite characters by basically call them calling them arrogant arseholes. Mm. Um, it's a really interesting choice, I think. Um, I found myself watching it going, wow, I bet Mick hates this. Right, all right then. Here we go, right? Um, I don't like it. Yeah. But I don't particularly dislike it because of it being insulting to Star Trek. Because although a, a big Star Trek fan am I, Ben, I'm also not that precious about um keeping things the way they are. I enjoy Star Trek, the original series. I enjoy Star Trek, the next generation. I absolutely love Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. I found Voyager all right. Um, Enterprise was on the weaker side of okay. And I don't really like Discovery. Okay. So that's where we, that's where we stand. But I'm, I'm not that precious about Star Trek. I don't think anyone should be exempt from being made fun of. And I like the fact that they're making fun of themselves. It's Star Trek making fun of themselves. I like that. But as a Star Trek comedy series, it's not as good as Seth MacFarlane's Star Trek. What's that called? Uh, The Orville. The Orville, yeah. It's not as good a Star Trek parody as The Orville, which is unofficial. But The Orville is much more... It feels much more Star Trek than this That's does. because it's a direct copy of Star Trek The Next Generation if Seth MacFarlane wrote it. Yeah, 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 it is. That's that's what it is. Whereas this is this is Star Trek mocking itself. Yeah, but they don't do it with any grace. Yeah, well, that's you see, that's where, that's where I was going with this. My issue with it is just it's not that funny. <laughs> it's not that yeah. good. It's, yeah. uh, it's Rick and Morty light. Um, Mariner, yeah. the, the lead character is a female Rick 
Yeah. She's just Rick. She's the best at everything. She has all the information. She, she has a huge history with all the different species. She knows and... every important person in the galaxy and she's only in her early 20s and it's inexplicable. And Jack Quaid's character, Jack Quaid is in this. Yeah, he's Morty. He's Morty, yeah. He's a rule-abiding, nervous, shy, timid guy who's dragged off on her adventures. Now, having said that, from a Star Trek perspective, he is a much better Starfleet officer than her, obviously. Yeah. But that's not what it's about. Like, she should be in jail. Um, it's it's odd the parallels she has with Michael Burnham. Who Now, sorry, you're going to have to explain that to me. Michael Burnham is the right. main character in Discovery. Okay. And Michael Burnham was also court-martialed and spent time in prison and, um, oh. like, is an awful Starfleet officer who oh. is released from prison and through circumstance becomes the most important person on the Discovery. Is this um, the female character that leads Discovery? Yes. Okay. I got um, confused by the name Michael. Yeah, yeah. It's a male name generally, Ben. But this is the future, you know, and that's fine. I, it, it, doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. I, I don't find it odd that I find someone with my own name attractive. I find myself attractive. I have often caught you, Michael, staring into your own mirror and been mm-hmm. told by your good lady friend that I'll have to wait in the sitting room until you're done. <laughs> that's true. That's not a joke. <laughs> he's just gonna have to wait for him to finish up because he's looking at himself. Ben, <laughs> not a joke. That's a true <laughs> fact. But it's uh. it's funny. It, it is funny that the characters who like don't abide by the rules of Star Trek and of Starfleet and don't fit in with the command scheme are now the default cool characters. I think it's a misunderstanding of James T. Kirk. Mm. Um, because it's also true. It's it. Uh, I know a lot of um, YouTube lunatics, Ben, hate it because they're both of these characters are women. Oh, and yeah, that's a and, different issue. Yeah, that's a whole different issue. You stay out of that. That's thorny because it's exactly the same issue with New Kirk in the movies. Yeah, he's like, not oh, great. He's he's the same type of cavalier court mar. I've been court martialed and it's fine idiot and essentially it's mixing up what it's it's mixing up people's notions of what kirk was because yeah uh, it's the highlight reel of kirk's bad behavior without the underlying do your duty kirk yeah 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 they've taken away the whole like he's risen up through the ranks original kirk rose up through the ranks through competence and being a good commander and occasionally was a bit of a loose cannon but not in a subordinate way, in a thinking outside the box way. Yeah, but this th- is what it takes to get it done. Not even that far. Like, he wouldn't... There's lots of things that Kirk wouldn't... Kirk was just a good captain. Okay. He was a good captain then. He was a good man. <laughs> he was a good captain. He was one of the best captains ever. And he he caused ripples in Starfleet, but it wasn't to the extent where... Most of Starfleet wants him out. But okay, they, just... it's the gradual coalescing, basically, of Kirk and Han Solo. Yeah, okay, that's People fair. People are like, I... Kirk should be more like Han Solo. They were pretty similar, those characters, weren't they? They were always kissing chicks. Not even a little bit. <laughs> they were pretty similar. They were kissing chicks and they were handsome men. So let's have that. 
Let's have um, that for every character in Star Trek now. Let's take oh, down yeah, the system. Oh, yeah, everybody get your pants off. Dun, and, dun, 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 and that's the thing dun, dun, now. Dun, dun, dun. In, in, in modern Star Trek, including Discovery and including Lower Decks, it's the people who don't fit in Starfleet who are the heroes, rather than the people who do fit in Starfleet. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's interesting, though, isn't it? It's very and interesting. It's a it's a cultural reflection of our times, I think. It doesn't necessarily make one thing bad or one thing good. It's just a shift. It's a shift. But if what you love about Star Trek is... The code. The the kind of... I mean, this is... this. What I'm about to say exists because it's cheaper. But Star Trek was about sitting in rooms and having conversations and mm. challenging cultural preconceptions not saying screw this I'm a superhero and kicking the captain in the head and doing a flip and ending up saving everybody the people who do that in the next generation and the original series they go to jail or get killed or cause massive international interplanetary incidents Khan for example but you know the, the, the next generation is full of starship captains gone rogue and they're always the villains basically and they are deep space nine brought a bit of a moral ambiguity into it where during a time of war things had to be done but it's yeah it's 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 a very different reason to enjoy star trek and you know for hooker by by hooker by crook ben if you like it you like it i just don't think it's very funny i just don't think it's as good as rick and morty uh, yeah, no, it it is just uncomfortably trying to capture that Rick and Morty vibe, and it doesn't work because they keep pulling their punches a lot of the time. Well, it's it's a, it's aimed younger, isn't it? It's although is Rick it? and Morty is well, it it definitely is. There's they do swear though, don't they? They do, yeah, they do. Everyone's swearing on Star Trek, now. and there's Everyone's a lot of like, like sexual, ten- weird cartoon sexual tension. Yeah, but there's no weird cartoon sex. Thank God for that, Michael. And um, yeah, like the gore and stuff is a lot less overt than Rick and Morty. People get stabbed in the foot sometimes, Michael. Yeah, and there's a good bit of blood, but horrible things happen in Rick and Morty, like that Cronenberg episode. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And I mean, the one where Jack Quaid gets chewed on by a, a suckling spider and stuff. Um, that's weird. It's weird. That it's a weird show. For me. It's a weird show. It's, yeah, I don't find it as repulsive as some people seem to find it. Um, oh, do, like, is there a big backlash against it in the, the Star Trek community? There's a big backlash against it in the traditionalist Star Trek community. Okay. But the same people who hate new Trek films and who hate Discovery okay. and who hated Picard uh, absolutely hate this. They, I think they see this, although I don't want to put words in other people's mouths, but I think they see this as the the distillation of what's wrong with the modern studio's understanding of Star Trek. Ah, okay. So anyway. it's become something of a useful straw man, Michael. You could you could say that. Yeah, you could say that for sure. And the fact that it's mostly female-led is... Oh, um, what an insult. Is a, a thing. It, uh, the audacity. The audacity. <laughs> the absolute audacity. We've come it. full circle from that being a positive segment on the podcast yeah. to it being a bitter, I don't want women in my stuff. Get women um, out of there. There's too many women in Starfleet. <laughs> More than that, it's women of colour, which, oh boy. Oh. Well, I did think it was interesting that um, I've, I've become obsessed with Amazon X-Ray, Ben, as you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the captain of the starship Sirocco that they're on is a uh, black lady. And yes. uh, 
when when the show started, the first thing that came up on X-Ray was, um, I can't remember the captain's name, Captain Hawkins is the first female black captain of a starship in the Star Trek universe. And I was like, hmm, all right, that's good to know. When are we going to have the first non-Irish captain? <laughs> We well, yeah, there hasn't been an Irish captain, but I go. mean, it's it. it uh, look, let's not get into it because representation is important, Ben. But um, no, no, it, that's not what I'm saying. It's but going it's to just get a the, weird thing to claim on your cartoon show. It is a it is a little bit strange, and I mean, Michael Burnham. Okay, she's not the captain, but she is the main character of Discovery as well. It's a bit, it's a bit of an insult to poor old Michael. Weird flex. Um, weird, weird flex. Tell, tell me something, Michael, because there's a joke. There's one particular joke, Michael, that I don't understand in the show. Go on. And it's a very throwaway joke right at the end of one of the episodes, right? Yes, I've seen it. Um, the, They're talking about it's it's in the future of the Star Trek thing. And oh, uh, Jack. Fuck that show. Absolutely <laughs> fuck them. I forgot to give out about this. This is why I hate it. So, um, so the main character, Jack Quaid's character, Blinken. Uh. Is that his name? Boyum. Bo- Boynum. Boyum. I can't remember. Anyway. Anyway. He, he's very rule abiding. He's uh, he's a model Starfleet officer. And he's he great. Co- he comes, he's accidentally attributed with the idea of letting everyone That's slack it. off. Yeah. That's it. And he says, oh, don't worry about it. Everyone will forget about it. And then hundreds of years in the future, he's remembered as um, the biggest slacker. The laziest. The laziest yeah. Starfleet officer of all time. And one of the most influential officers in the history of Starfleet. And then they say, well, anyway, let's move on and look at the yeah, real... Yeah, joke. Yeah, let's look at the real most important officer in Starfleet history, Miles O'Brien. And then they show a caricature of him as if that's some sort of joke and he's not that important. But fuck this show. Miles <laughs> O'Brien is the best Starfleet officer who has ever lived. He's the most important person who's ever set foot on a starship. So that's what I wanted to know. Is Miles O'Brien some kind of joke in the Star Trek universe? No, but I mean, he's a side character. He's he's Okay. He is a transporter chief. He's a non-commissioned officer, Ben. An NCO. He Okay. You know, he's never going to be a captain of a starship or anything like that. He's a he's oh, an engineer and a technician. Okay. Good um, for him. Yeah, so they just picked someone pr- kind of they picked someone known but a bit inconsequential. Oh, okay. That's a kind of an insulting thing to do to poor Colin Meany. Yeah, so fuck that show. That's where they lost me. Yeah, that's... that's Because I was interested. I was like, oh, I didn't know uh, Miles O'Brien was the butt of a lot of jokes in the Star Wars universe. Star Trek, Ben. In the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, just running with it's that, a bit right? like the, the, the Mandalorian um, character, Tomashin O'Skibberton. Who's from the planet Potato? <laughs> oh, look at me! I've got me arms and sweater on. And that was a weird episode where he wanted to fight the um, <clears throat> the Noir and Browns, which was an invading alien race, and they came in and they were burning down people's land. It was terrible. Black and Tan's joke, Michael. Black yeah, and no, Tans I got joke. it. I got it. I got it. Uh, it was just very bad. Yeah, um, it wasn't great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was. Just, I just, I just found it interesting. I was like, oh, okay. I, I didn't realise that uh, we were going to make fun of Paddy's. Okay, because cool. Ben, Good to know. I don't think it was particularly making fun of Paddy's, but how very dare they, Ben? Because if we were to launch the crew of our famous segment, Irishman Suspos, if we were going to take all nice. of those famous Irishmen and launch yeah. them into space, Colin Meany, as 
Chief Miles O'Brien would be on that starship and he would be the most vital and important person on that starship. How very he would. He'd get us to and from planets. No, he'd be the captain. We'd be like, oh! I know you're a non-commissioned officer, Miles, but we're not in Starfleet. We're on the SSS Kukulin. I've stolen that from the lads from SS, the USS Kukulin. You have. You uh, have. Let's come up with a different one. We'll have to come up with a better name. We're on the SS Michal McRide, and named <laughs> nice. after one of the elder statesmen of Ireland in space. And yep. <laughs> Miles O'Brien, you are the captain. Deal with gotcha. it. Gotcha. And he'd be like, oh, Jesus, what about Keiko? Like, who oh, else she, is on that ship? She can come with us. She can come with us. Uh, who else is on that ship? <laughs> yeah. um, well, there's Miles O'Brien, obviously. There's um, there's Sean Cassidy, aka the Banshee. Yeah, nice. And <laughs> Teresa Cassidy, aka Siren. Yeah. Uh, there's Tom Cruise from far and away. He's there. Yeah. He's uh, he's. Is also... there the Irish android from Alien, played by Michael Fashti? Yeah, yeah. There's the what's his <laughs> name? <laughs> Brian? Ian? I can't remember. It's. Dave, 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 Dave the android, he's there Dave as well. The Only his head, though, because it got ripped off. He's there as well. He's on the spaceship. Um, the entire cast and crew of Mystic Knights of Tiernan Ogre are also there. Oh, sold. Yeah, they're the away <laughs> team, Ben. We beam them there down to shock fight troopers. monsters. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, fuck, there's Klingons or something. <laughs> beam over the fucking Mystic Knights of Tiernan Ogre. <laughs> They'll kick the shit out of them. Be grand. <laughs> There's Cucullin, Ben, legendary Irish hero Cucullin. He's on the ship with us. Is he the first officer? Please make him the first officer. He's the first officer, but he's likely to go to lose that rag and just hulk out. Oh, he's so. Worf. No, he's yeah. our Worf. He's our security chief. Yeah, he's yeah. Our war- but he keeps fucking spears at people with lasers and it gets awkward. Yeah, yeah. It's no use. It's like, come on, Cucullin, for fuck's sake. Get your act together. Let the Mystic Knights handle this. It's a clone of Kukulin, and he still uses spears in space. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, like Callus from Star Trek. Who else is on the oh. ship, then? Who else have we covered in this segment? We need Irish more was... female representation. Is there so... Oh, we could get... Um, we could get... Uh, whatchamacallit from The Matchmaker. Well, what's that? Janine Garofalo? <laughs> Janine Garofalo. <laughs> She's American, then. You can't have he has a tentative connection. Yeah, all Emily right. Blunt yeah. enjoys Janine playing an Irish woman. <laughs> Janine Garofalo's <laughs> there, Ben. She's the ship's counsellor, obviously. And she's trying to stop everyone from falling in love or get everyone to fall in love. Stop yeah. riding in space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> All the handsome oh, men it. are English, obviously. Who's a really annoying Irish character who can play our Wesley? Uh, that would be Zig and or Zag. <laughs> it has to be both. Yeah, they both it's be just there. the pair of them. Oh, Michael, Michael. That that's this is by and far the best improvised bit we have ever done on this podcast. <laughs> that's what we'd be doing. That's what would be going on. They'd be on the SS Mihal McRide up in space <laughs> having great adventures. I love it. I love it. I would watch the shit out of that show. Yeah, I know. Well not, not unless we had a podcast to do on it, then you'd probably forget. But, oh <laughs> Well that was mean. Okay. Well, sorry, uh, all all right, all right, big man. Okay, you got your shots off. Let's bloody move on then, man. What are we talking about this week? No, no. No, no. I probably haven't seen it. So, you know, <laughs> we can just stop here. Wow. i tell you what, Ben. Go on. For this week for Irishman's Boss 9? 85. 85. <laughs> uh, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, Ben. Yeah. Time with Therese Dull. Dirac. Good evening, and Baralia. Very Neil, good. Neil Flack Falker. Neil Sup. Neil Sup Falker. It's, it's, uh... It's dry times, Michael. Dry Not pen. since the famine I, have I, we been so bereft. Yeah. Oh, he'd be there as well. The fellow from Black 47, he'd be there on the ship I thought as well. you just meant the famine. No, not the, the famine. famine. Not the concept the of the famine. But the fellow from Black 47, he'd be there. He'd be um, John Rambo. 
the Romulan we need would be um, would be called Trevalian. That's, that's what we'd have to call the Romulans. Very good, Ben. The Trevalians. So we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, Ben, but luckily some of the good friends of the podcast came to our rescue. They did. They did, Michael. And I found one last Irishman's space that we didn't know about, Ben. Go on. Ben, have you ever heard of 1996's Jerry Anderson's Space Precinct? I think you know I haven't, Michael. <laughs> now, I know that that sounds like something I've just made up, but it wasn't, it Ben. It's something that I watched in the 90s, and I was very kindly reminded of it by my good friend and yours, Cron. Oh, good. From the Cron Craft Show, Ben. We love the Cron Craft Show here at the podcast, Michael. Do you, do you remember Cron, Ben, from before the before times when we used to see him sometimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to pop up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Cron reminded me of, of Space Precinct, Ben. Space Precinct was a television show on the British channel, channels, Ben. By oh, good. Je- by Jerry Anderson. Okay. Are you familiar with Jerry Anderson, Ben? Not even in the slightest. You are, Ben. He is... Uh, a seminal science fiction artist and television maker oh. extraordinaire, Benjamin. You would Good know him, Ben. You would know him, Ben, from the Thunderbirds. I do know him from the Thunderbirds. Yes, you would know him from Captain Scarlet. Your man there from the Captain Scarlet. You would know him, Ben, from UFO. Your man there from the UFO. You would know him, Ben, from the one under the water. What was that called? Thunderbirds. Your man under there the from water. that one Stingray. under the water. What was it called? Yes, that's the film. Oh yeah, classics, one and all. And Benjamin, that was what? that was Neptune Stingray. Stingray, Stingray. yeah, yeah, that was and what Stingray. Did, yes, it was. And what he did, Ben, in the nineties was he, he made a live action television program, starring Ben. Essentially, it's essentially Ben. Essentially, what it is, go on, is NYPD Blue, okay, crossed with Doctor Who, okay, crossed with the Muppets. Oh yeah, crossed with. You know, all the vehicles and starships and stuff are done by the pe- people behind Thunderbirds. Michael, this sounds like magic. It's a magic concept, Ben. So it's yeah, it's, a bit like our a bit like our Irishman's spouse literally being on a ship together. Yeah, they'd be all on the ship together, Ben. We beam the fucking Mystic Knights over to the Klingons and go, but, d- but do whatever you do, Michael. I, I hazard a guess that very much like our show, it probably shouldn't be made. <laughs> it was very expensive, Ben. It cost like three hundred and sixty million or something. Get and out of town. It's quite Star Trekky, Star Warsy in that it's it's populated by like a variety of different aliens. Okay. But the kind of groundbreaking thing about the aliens is every single alien, essentially. I think there's one type of alien who are basically just humans. But there aren't any aliens who are just humans with a prosthetic. Every single type of alien involves some sort of puppetry okay they're, i don't know how i feel about that now they're mostly humanoid but for example ben there's one type of alien where uh, their eyes are out here on the sides of their heads oh yeah so they're played by human actors ben now hang on hang on hang on michael because i'm gonna have to put this in the yeah just give me two seconds now to get an l screen grab there, all right the, uh, it's all right. very hard for the for the listeners to envision that there we go look so. i'm doing the thing there we go. Look at you there now. Look I'm at you there my, now. I'm okay, my, you're grand now. You can stop Photoshop my eyes off onto my hands, Ben. Okay, look at you now. Look at you now. There you go. So, Thanks very much. That's, yes. That'll be lovely for content. Very good, Ben. So, um, the reason that we've gone down this rabbit hole, very unsuccessful, Ben. Very, oh. very, very unsuccessful. Massively expensive to produce. Oh. And no one knew what it was. 
was it an adult hard-boiled sci-fi series that was like nypd blue in space or, or was, was it, it a kids action show yeah or was it a high concept science fiction show? When should you play it? Should you play it with the Muppets or should you play it at 10 o'clock at night? So people just played it at three in the morning and went, what the fuck is this thing? Get yeah. it out there. But the reason we're talking about it, Ben, is that it has an Irishman space. Suspos. Oh, it's a hidden Irishman suspos. And I completely forgot about him, Ben. He is. I didn't know about him. He is. Right. Well, first of all, he's not an Irishman, Ben, because he's a flipping alien. What? He's an alien. It's a spouse. yeah. He's an alien. He's one of the faraway eye fellas. I forget what they're called. But he is the police captain on okay. this distant planet in the future in space. I think it's only 2040. It doesn't make any sense. But he's We'll he's all the, be in space by 2040, Michael. We'll, we'll all be in space, Ben, and aliens will have so long since integrated into human culture that there will be space police captains with irish american accents oh uh, yeah sure look it'll only take 20 years for that massive cultural shift to take place so let's yeah be yeah, yeah so all right he, okay let's be realistic michael it's probably going to be around 2045 at this rate at this but, rate ben what with the hindrances of the last couple of years <laughs> coronavirus has slowed down our progress massively very uh very upsetting so his name is captain podley ben Oh, I already don't like it. And he's Irish. He's like, I'll tell you what, boys. We're going to have to go over and investigate those murders as soon as we can. I'll tell you who we'll send. We'll send you, the main actor who's American. We'll send over this filly here with the eyes too far apart. We'll send over this lady with the extra eye in the middle of her head. And we'll send over the Mystic Knights of Tiernan Oak. And then you'll all go over there and investigate. And you'll come back to me with the answers. Do you hear me now? Wow. That's what he is. And Ben, the great mystery is never solved of why is he Irish? What's going on? Why is he Irish or is he Irish American? Why they does do he do that sometimes though? <laughs> What's going on? Where where did this alien pick up this accent? Um Although, if you remember back to Discovery, Ben. Not Discovery, Picard. Okay. There was some good amount of amusement to be had by us Irish people's boss. Of the couple of Romulans with Irish accents. Oh yeah, classics. The Romulans who'd learned English in Ireland. So I can only assume that this alien police captain went to some sort of human English for alien police captain school. <laughs> and, all, and all the police captains were just, Hello and welcome to today's How to Be a Police Captain. You'll want to be gruff but lovable with a sense of rules but also fairness. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but the it, accuracy of that statement is uncomfortably on point. <laughs> you never find out, Ben, why he's fucking Irish at all. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That sounds maddening. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it, it just goes back to, like, um, I suppose it makes as much sense as any of the aliens having American accents, Ben, or British accents. Right. There's a Danish actress in it, Ben, and she has an English accent for some reason. That doesn't make any sense either, I suppose. Because they learnt their English on a in, in, in England. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that, Ben. And what I've done there is set you up nicely for people with Irish heritage. 
Yeah, you did real well there, Michael. So Thanks. One of the things that got me thinking, Michael, was a nice little. Again, we turn to the listeners, Michael, because as we said, we're at the we're 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 egg bun and baralia, Michael. Bun we don't, and baralia, we don't have ben. nothing left. Not a fucking thing. They'll flack out, right? So we went and turned, but Shane gave us an L shout there and said, uh, <laughs> "Shane gave us an L. Who's that? That's the Danish actress with the English accent." <laughs> doesn't make any sense <laughs> so Shane came to the rescue and he said what about Jerry Adams weird portrayal of or sorry what about Pierce Brosnan's weird portrayal of Jerry Adams in the weird film The Foreigner with Jackie Chan and Michael good god what yes. a what an interesting bit of stereotyping from a tone deaf movie um, now Benjamin I've never seen The Foreigner I do so, believe I was there the day that they filmed Jackie Chan jumping over the gates of Dublin Castle. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I was there. That was I don't for a remember. different film. Oh, is this a different film? That was for The Ring or something. I can't remember what that one was called. The Golden Ring or something. Oh, that was a yeah, different I think film. you're right. So what's this one then? This one, Michael, is... So Jackie Chan's daughter in this film yeah. is studying in London. Right, I've heard of it. Yeah, big city, just to the right, east Right, big city, over there. To the British. east. Yeah, yeah. And that's important in the plot of this film. British as the day is long. And Michael, this is set in, in the old modern times now. This is 20, 2018. All right. There, thereabouts. And Michael, the bakery that she is in, that Jackie Chan is about to go and see his daughter in, is blown up by none other yeah. than the IRA. Benjamin, I don't believe that that would happen in a 2018 film. No, it wouldn't. So this is the first. This is the first big black mark against this film, right? So what Jackie Chan does? It turns out that Jackie Chan is ex special operations from China, right? And he goes to the Met, and he says, "I want justice for my daughter." And he's right. dismissed by the Met, and said, "Look, this is the IRA. What can you do?" Um, you know, it'll take years to get justice. Ben, is this so real? So what Jackie Chan does is he takes on the IRA. Get out of here. So this film, this film is Jackie Chan versus the IRA. Very good. Very exciting. <laughs> right. But it's not the IRA that you or I would understand it as. Right. It's the IRA as it would have been reported in British tabloid papers back in the day. Back in the 80s and 90s. So every paddy is a thug. Yeah. Every paddy is a possible terrorist. Right. You can't trust a single one of them. Yeah. They're a disorganised rabble. They're splintered in their own ranks and they've all got dirty secrets. Right. Right. Now, Ben, I have to say, to be fair... To be fair now, before we go any further, I've no I have no issue whatsoever with the IRA being portrayed in a negative light. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> in in media. Well, fair that's, enough. They did kill a lot of people. That's not I my mean, issue, Michael. You could argue it's, it was justified. It's a it's a gonna be an argument for the ages. But I've no issue with them being portrayed negatively. Sometimes they're portrayed too positively. I think that's also a crime, Michael. And and fair enough. But in this film, Michael they are just a giant gang of scumbags oh, who are good. going around 
fucking up England. And it's a really weird portrayal. Um, Jer- Jerry Adams, and it's not Jerry Adams. It's, I can't remember what fucking paddywhackery name they give him. But it's not Jerry, but it is Jerry Adams. It's just Jerry Adams, right? played by Pierce Brosnan. Is supposed to be this kind of menacing, all-authoritative figure. And it's it, it boils down to a showdown between Jerry Adams and Jackie Chan. <laughs> Does Jerry Adams kick Jackie Chan in the head? No, oh. that's the that's the that's where they pull their punch at the last minute. You're expecting kind of a Jackie Chan versus Jerry Adams, you know, fight off, and we never get it, Michael. And that's the ultimate disappointment. I would love to see that, Ben. That would be worth the price of admission. But it struck me, Michael, as an incredibly tone deaf film for 2018. Because the way that the supporting characters went, oh, the IRA are always at this. You know, they're always blowing up locations in the UK. And that's not true in 2018. It's been a while. (laughs) It's just not true. It's been a while, lads. (laughs) And it was just, it was so... And nobody questions it, by the way. There is not like, oh, was this maybe ISIS? Was this maybe, you know, nothing like that. It's like, it was the IRA. Look, they bombed the bakery. It was the IRA. Surely Um, there are more modern villains you could pin this on. And that's what struck me. And then, Michael, it reminded me, right, of a couple of strange things that happened to the Northern Irish accent, right? Go on. Are we going to do Northern Irish accents, Ben? I am. You can join in if you'd like. This could be great. Um, so I was recently listening to, um, Stephen Fry's Heroes. It's one of his Greek mythology retelling books All right. in an audible thing. And it's read by Stephen Fry himself. Yes. And at one point, um, he depicts the king, um, Eurystes, who was the man in charge of Hercules' labors, right? Yes. And bit of a dick, right? Eurystes was a bitter, jealous you know, kind of decrepit old man. And he does what can only be described as his very best Ian Paisley impression. (laughs) (laughs) Every time that Eurystes speaks. So what you get is, now you listen here, Hercules. I have been given the task of setting you several tasks. And you'll do them. (laughs) It's just the strangest fucking thing no other character in the book is from Northern Ireland the other people from that kingdom are not from Northern Ireland his daughter is not from Northern Ireland it's just him and it struck me as incredibly interesting Michael that these weird villainous militant characters are are given Northern Irish accents because there are other characters in the book and he gives them like a Devon accent or right. a Brummy accent, or a Liverpool accent, but the big bad, like the real dickhead, is given a Northern Irish accent, and I was like, "Huh." And is it Ian Paisley or is it Jerry Adams? No, no, it's Ian Paisley. It's right. Ian. Pais- he has all the rhetoric and the kind of religious kind of, you know, Bible bashing stuff. At one point, I'm fairly certain he says the word "gnashing," as in that famous quote to the gnashing of teeth. Um. I wonder and if Stephen Fry, though, doesn't particularly like um, Ian Paisley for the religious side of things more so than the, than the I don't fanaticism know, side of things. It reminded me, Michael, of Artemis Fowl. Because back in the day when Artemis Fowl came out... Never heard of it. Artemis Fowl. Noted folkloric retelling Artemis Fowl. Children's Never book series it, here Never by, 
by one Owen Colfer made into a horrific Disney movie nah. um, at one point. Never heard of it, never seen it. Anyway. Did we, did we cover that? Should we, we have did, talked yeah. about that in an Irish Sposs episode? I don't yeah, remember. we covered all that. Um, but what happened is, in the, in that, Michael, there, there have been two renditions of that audiobook. One of them was done by noted stage actor here in Ireland, Adrian Dunbar. And another was covered by Audible later on. And I wondered to myself, when I was looking it up again for this very podcast, Michael, I was like, I wonder why they changed the recording. And then I found an old MP3 version of the Adrian Dunbar one. And the reason they changed that goddamn recording, Michael, is anytime it switched nationality, Adrian Dunbar would attempt to do the accent of that nationality. I think we've talked about this before, Ben. I think we've I think you've said this before. I think this is one of your oh, favorite no! rants. What I think a this shame. is your favorite rant that you always go back what to. What a shame. So at one point, Artemis Fowl at the beginning of the book meets a Vietnamese fairy. Yes, no good. And Adrian Dunbar, the middle-class, middle-aged white man from yes. Ireland, decides that he could do a Vietnamese accent. Who can't? Who can't? And what we get, Michael, is breakfast at Tiffany's Mickey Rooney. Hmm. And it's rough. But then, Michael, when he introduces the militant commander of the underground forces, he makes him Northern Irish. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, not again. So, the militant commander of, of you know, the the police forces of the fairy world is a gruff and aggressive Northern Irishman. Hmm. The goblins, which are a gang culture, are given a, a Latino uh, oh, L.A. No, no good. Don't do that. Benjamin, didn't we have this issue, though, where um, Judy Dench appeared to be doing she an did. Irish accent? She did! In the film, which I definitely haven't seen. Speaking, speaking of Irish accents, Ben... Um, and this is again retreading old water that we've we've treaded. Ah, before. look, we've in w- bottom of the barrel, Michael. In one of our earlier Irish and Spas episodes, we talked about Angel, the TV show Angel, yeah, we and did, how yeah. um, uh, the kind of representative Irish and Spas was the character Doyle. Oh yeah, p- played by the Irish actor Glenn Quinn, and that it was humorous that um, they had an Irish actor who had to Irish it up a bit because you know Americans weren't reading him as Irish enough doing his Irish accent so he had to be a bit more ah look we figure it out like boss no that's terrible boss Um, is the classic so the funny thing about Angel having now rewatched all five seasons of it Ben is as you know Angel himself is also portrayed as an Irish character and I always found it amusing that he was, his name was Liam and he was from Galway and he became a vampire and then he moved to Dublin. Liam um, from Galway. Liam from Galway. He's an old cat in the scoundrel. We never learn his last name. McShenanigans, I imagine. It's just Liam. Irish yeah. people don't have second names, Michael. Um, so I always thought it was weird that he was Irish in flashbacks and then American in in real life day to day. But I have rewatched Angel all five seasons recently, Ben, and I'm pretty convinced... That David Boreanaz thought he was playing Angel as Irish. I'm pretty convinced that throughout that whole show, Angel was supposed to be Irish. And it was so hit and miss that sometimes you forgot. I'd love to give David Boreanaz the benefit of the doubt and say that um, his accent is inconsistent because he's been to so many countries and depending on who he's talking to and where he is, 
some of the old Irishness comes back out. But I just think most of the time he forgets to do it. Yeah, I, I think that's probably it, isn't it? Oh but, yeah, my character's Irish. Oh, oh yeah, fucking Irish. God damn it. God damn it. God damn Irish. Then he was like, Joss, is it too late? And Joss was like, no, do it. I'm going to go bully some other actors. Hang on. Oh, hey, hold on now. Allegedly. <laughs> I got him. I got I got noted wealthy writer, Joss Whedon. You bloody nailed him. Ben, Ben, do you have any more Irish and Suspostos? <laughs> no, we're going to call it a day, Michael. All righty then. <laughs> we're 55 minutes in, Michael. That's a fine, That'll respectable episode. That'll, that will do it. Um, we will have more Irish tales on our next Shapeshifter episode, Shapeshifters Part 2, um, but that's not coming up for a while. Don't worry, I've got other Irish tales to do with Shapeshifters and stuff, Michael, so we'll have more We'll oh, have more good. Irish content in the future. Don't you very worry. Exciting. Very Don't exciting. you worry. I haven't checked the calendar for next week, Michael. I probably should have done that before we did this particular episode, but I'm going to spin my wheels and you're going to check the calendar very quickly and tell people what's on next week. Ladies and gentlemen, what other examples of underappreciated Irishmen or women... Mm-hmm. In space, do you have? Do you have any weird moments where a character is inexplicably Irish? Let us know what they are. You can get in touch with us in a number of ways. We're on the interwebs at www.shamrabeug.com. S e o m r a b e a g dot com. Means time room and Irish. Kind. We're also on the gram at shamrabeug. S e o m r a b e a g. Still means time room. Kind. It still means time room. It hasn't changed. You check the calendar. Yeah, next week we're talking about Ben. Which, uh, in in honor of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which old school villains could be dragged out and given a makeover and made cool and modern? That's actually going to be a fun episode. Quite looking forward to that one, Michael. Um, So you can get in touch with us and let us know which weird retro Marvel villains do you think? Or DC? Why not DC? Or DC? Look, we'll do the whole smorgasbord. We'll give them a bloody uh, bloody dead shotting, a bloody zemoing. Um, yeah. Which which villains do you think need an update, and how would you update them? More importantly, mm. what would you uh, what little twist would you give a a old retro villain uh, to have them in the new Falcon and Winter Soldier series? What would you do? Hey, who would, you, would do? you give a twist? Yeah, so we'll take a look at that next week, ladies and gentlemen. That's it from us this week. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope it's a lovely time for you, even though you'll be shut indoors. Should just get blackout drunk anyway. No, ah, sure, no, no. That's the spirit of it. <laughs> bye bye. Bye now, bye, bye.